podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here's the thing, Guru. It's still dark outside. This is how dedicated we are to the cause. You're yawning every six or seven seconds by the look of things. So we are taking care of business. Where's Propo? It's the question that we ask every week, that I ask internally most times every day. I think um, yeah. he wouldn't make the Pro Bowl roster. That's that's the thing for nice. Propo at this point, right? <laughs> nice. Which makes Propo who in terms of Pro Bowl oversight? Mm, well, see, there's a bunch of players that probably should have made it, like James Bradbury and Javon mm-hmm. Hargreaves. But we're talking about someone who shouldn't have made it, right? Ah. Overhyped, you know, uh, entitled uh, millennial types. That's that's really who we want to target. Eh? Oh, I'm looking at the roster now, trying to work out who that is. Um, let, I mean, some, let's go there first. Why isn't Tua in in the mix there? I'm appalled, and I'm not just talking as a a Dolphins fan. I'm really surprised there. Tua's in, isn't he? No, I don't think so. I thought we had uh, in the AFC. No, Tua, Tua left out, according to Eric Edom. I thought he won the the vote from the general mm. public and therefore he was in. But they changed this format every year. So perhaps he didn't get enough overall votes. Was that the issue? Yeah, it must be some very heavily weighted. We'll give you a vote, general public, but mm. <laughs> it's basically not going to count for much if we don't want him in. Uh, so who's the, who's the third... Who's the third AFC QB after Allen and Mahomes? Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. actually, you know, I, I do get that. That yeah, actually yeah, does yeah. make some sense that to does me. I mean, it, the issue for two, obviously, missed games with injury and now has fallen off slightly as the weather has turned and some of their games have become a bit more challenging. But yeah. I, I think in Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, I'll yeah, take you that can't, as a You can't argue with it. Uh, Nick Foles, has he made it? He might make uh, the reserves. We'll see what happens over the last few games of the season. He's now in for the rest of the year for, for the Colts, right? Yeah, what well, highly paid backup Nick Foles. Greg Rosenthal and I were talking about this on our midweek show. That is in the vaults. Go check that out. Uh, of course, in relation, well, initially in relation to Gardner Minshew, who looks like he's going to get the start uh, over Jalen Hurts, although mixed messages coming out of the Eagles camp there as to whether, uh, how bad the injury for Hurts is and whether he is going to be out for the rest of the regular season or not. We need to keep an eye on it, but we expect Minshew to start this weekend against the Cowboys. And as you say, Nick Foles getting the start. Two very different ends of the backup salary league, right? So Minshew's on, why we talked about it on the Greg show, I don't know, 700, I think something like that, kind of rookie, lower round kind of contract. And uh, Nick Foles making a few more dollars. Yeah, Foles is earning off uh, work that he did almost a decade ago. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. Uh, which is good if you can get it. Whereas Minshew, I think, is a little bit unfortunate. I mean, I, th- I think Minshew is one of the premier backups in the league. He's got a... 41 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio in his career, which most QBs would kill for. At least half the league can't even sniff that. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's obviously been usurped. I mean, he, he was probably never going to be the starter there in, in Philadelphia. But if you think of players that could start next year, it's much more likely Minshew does than than Foles. Yeah, Foles, yeah. His, his star has waned. I guess injuries has played a part of that as well. So what can we expect from an indie, uh, a Foles-led indie offense? At this stage, I think he's replacement level. I don't think he's going to win you games. That's not what the Colts have really ever asked their QB to do. Historically, I mean, this year, that they've needed to do a bit more than we would have expected due to injuries, trouble on the line, um, some situational moments in games where 
it's been a pretty crazy season if you're an indie fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine, again, the, the bigger news there, I guess, is that JT is down and out for the rest of the year with a high ankle, the dreaded high ankle sprain that we talk about every oh, week. Dr. Um, James Chandrini, University of West but, Las Vegas, purchased yeah, online. So that back is in yeah. the surgery. Yeah. It's, uh, that's... I mean, just future for, for JT then, because again, injuries have obviously affected him over over recent seasons is this just uh taking him out for the rest of this season nothing to worry about or is there something a little bit more sinister at play possibly not really worried about any long-term ill effects of uh of the high ankle sprain he should recover but we're just not going to see him this year and this has been a very disappointing season all around he's going to finish his year with 861 yards and four touchdowns bear in mind that he had you know, five times as many touchdowns last year. Um, he had he was the the league's leading rusher. He's still one of the top young running backs in the league, one of the top mm-hmm. running backs in the league. But we need to see how this franchise progresses until the end of the season. It looks like the combination of Zach Moss and Dion Jackson, and based on last week, quite a bit of Zach Moss, at least on early downs. What does this mean for Matt Ryan? Do we think end of the road for him in Indy? It's the second time he's been benched. It's not an injury, right? So he's been benched. He's benched. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he's definitely gone from Indy. I still think he plays next year, and I still think he can have a starting gig somewhere. Starts I think. next year? Do you think? I think he's only going to want to take a starting gig. I don't think he'll take a backup gig. I think someone will take a chance on him. I still think that he's one of he's one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks in the league, right? mm. which is not maybe setting the bar too high. But when you look at week to week play you know bear in mind how much has gone on in Indy and mm. the fact that he's been he's not the reason that this team has struggled in my mind mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think he's winning you games at this point in his career there's questions obviously about his arm but in certain situations I still think he's a he's a valuable player okay what about Ryan Tannehill because news coming out of Tennessee that he is very likely is the quote out for the season so mm. Tannehill done firstly looking forwards for him do you think i mean tano came into this year under duress he was very much a quarterback on the hot seat seemed to regulate and stabilize certainly did that early on and a little bit of a bumpy ride then the injury so he's so he's done tano back as a titan next season do you think i think i want to start by saying i i believe he's vastly underrated when yeah. we look back over what he's achieved in tennessee based on the scheme what they ask him to do yeah i think he's done an excellent job throughout and I don't really think there's any question that he's a far better quarterback at this point in their careers than Malik Willis. Uh, they just signed Josh Dobbs off Detroit's practice squad. I'm not sure how much they believe in Willis. Bear in mind, Willis has played six games so far this year, hasn't thrown a touchdown, hasn't run for a touchdown. Mm. He's got a total of 177 yards in those six games. Okay, not all of them were starts, but Malik Willis is not a... <laughs> Shit, if they'd all been starts, you know, <laughs> have a I mean, that, m- that number might not move up a lot, you know, but he, <laughs> yeah. he's he's so he's thrown the ball 17 times in six games. He, he's not an NFL QB. At this point in his career, hopefully mm. he, he develops. Um, the best case scenario, he's probably Justin Fields of today you know Justin Mm -hmm. Fields has a higher ceiling than Justin Fields of today Malik Willis probably has Justin Fields of today's ceiling so Tannehill again still I believe one of the top 32 but I do think there's a potential here that he's out in Tennessee he's got one more year on his contract they might try and trade him I don't think they'll want to cut him I think that cap hit is too large but you know they lost four in a row they've just fired the GM this could be a, a time for them to start making some grander changes particularly because I think they will probably understand that they're not relevant in the playoffs um Hen- Derek Henry's 28 years old you know you'd imagine approaching the end of his peak uh kindly so yeah this season it looks like Jacksonville will now be the favorites in the south you know unless unless Malik Willis or, or Josh Dobbs can can turn this around for them and longer term it could be that Tennessee starts blowing things up 
Do you know, weirdly, um, Malik Willis has, has been nominated to the Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why Why hasn't he made it? The, oh, the Derek Henry, obviously, in Titans fans, if you're... Because uh, we, we are recorders, as you probably gathered, uh, early, in, early, in Thursday, early on Thursday morning, uh, and the official roster released overnight UK time. So we're just kind of pouring through that too. Other snubs, well, you mentioned Fields. He's not in the mix. Um... I think there's yeah the the couple that felt uh, that felt like we'd missed out there. I mean James Bradbury and Darius Slay in mm. the backfield in the cornerback uh, for Philadelphia. Both of those players have been almost impossible to throw on so far this year, uh, and I didn't see them. I saw Slay in there, but no, but no Bradbury. There's no Hargraves, the defensive lineman for Philadelphia. As well, I just yeah. feel like what tends to happen is so much attention goes on a couple of divisions, and that's helped the Eagles. Mm because they've got the most players eight players eight but at the same time it, it gets yeah. diluted because people don't want to pick too many players from the same team whereas yeah, yeah yeah in the in the nfc it's really been a dearth of performance and they're probably slightly under undernourished um but a few players i was really pleased were in like Tariq woolen i thought it's been yeah. great for the seahawks and again no and gino as well no, no surprise but nevertheless still further um further yeah. flourish for his comeback season scary terry's in and oh, that's good to see i think i'm glad he's getting getting the yeah, recognition is he ahead of should he be ahead of Tyler Lockett? That might be a debate. Uh, fantasy favorite Tyler Lockett. You see, I think you're mm. bringing a fantasy shades there uh, on that one. Yeah, because if you're right, looking at this, just looking at this piece, Tua was leading the fans' vote, right. um, ahead of Jefferson. I mean, the fans' vote you've got to obviously take with a pitch of salt for all kinds of reasons. Who's which team is marshalling their troops? Tua obviously has that cut through given how high profile it was in college. Uh, so there's he seems to get a lot of traction. With things like that, but and yeah, and you put it in the context. Of course, he's not gonna he's not gonna surpass those three, so it kind of makes sense. Look, either way, whoever is seventh in the pecking order will end up playing in the game, right? <laughs> That's how the, yeah. the pro- I mean, is actually, Mike the, White gonna is Mike White gonna play in the Pro Bowl? It, Mike, that Mike, White, Mike White might be the mascot. Actually, I'm just looking through this, and actually, maybe the biggest omission is CMC. I'm not quite sure how CMC hasn't made the NFC running back group ahead mm. of Sanders and maybe Pollard. Mm. Whack them in if you think there are missions. We can uh, we can talk about them on Monday's show uh, with uh, Iron Mike. Uh, we recorded that on Monday. It's with the Christmas. It's all getting a little bit crazy. So uh, yeah, we will do because that's Boxing Day. So yeah, we're going to do a Boxing Day special with Iron Mike. <laughs> Let's see what kind of mood Mike's in for that. I'll all be right. honest. I, I didn't know. I didn't. Even, I don't even know what day it is today. I just heard the pan pipes going, and I was like, "Quick, get up, get online." Do you spot the incense burning? You were rolling. Uh, any other injuries you want to get? Well, we mentioned Mike White. What's the what's the score there, Guru? He's out again this week, so Zach Wilson starts. I think the reason to mention it is just it. This is obviously providing more opportunity for Zach Wilson to write the ship. Uh, it, last week he had over three hundred yards, but against Detroit's D, I mean they would look, make most offenses look pretty pretty capable. He had mm. a couple of passes that were just so wayward. It made you question who's coaching him. What are they asking him to do? Is he going so out of structure, or are they just? putting too much pressure on him even now when it seems like they, they scale everything back he's he's mm. still below 55 percent completion percentage on the season like. it's pretty hard to do in the modern nfl particularly <laughs> yeah, with uh sure. that coaching setup that we, we believe you know are, are there to back him so unless yeah, you just take the malik willis road and don't pass the ball then you can that's, that's the <laughs> your one yeah. percentage might be higher the other the other player i'd mention is devin duvernay who's mm. now out for the rest of the season with a with a foot injury he actually does make the pro bowl i've just seen as a return specialist and he had a couple of yeah. returns earlier in the season that yeah you know you don't get many return touchdowns and he got a couple of them early on um they've got no bateman 
as we know, he's been out, he's on IR. All three of their starting wideouts at this point have been signed since the end of August. So Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, who just signed with the team this week, and Deshaun Jackson. Lamar's coming back, but it's only Lamar and Mark Andrews at this point. Mm. Andrews has been subpar over the last few weeks. He's he struggled to really put it together. Um, they've now got J.K. Dobbins back, you know, Gus Edwards back. This but this team is is so limited in terms of what they can do outside. Again, you just worry that it's particularly come playoff time, we expect them to be in the playoffs. You know, how how varied can this passing attack look and how easy does that make it for defences? Same old story, sadly, for Baltimore. You know, injuries derailing stuff. The one dimension, it's a hell of a dimension when you've got Lamar, but nevertheless, it is. It's a huge problem they've got to address. I mean, they've got to tackle the Lamar contract situation, obviously, but they've got to give him, they've got to stack stack him up. We've, we've mentioned it so many times. You look at what they've done with Tour in Miami, what they did with Josh Allen and Diggs, what Burrow's got. In, 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 it can't be another season for the Ravens with mediocrity is overstating it because injury is playing a part. But even at full tilt, this is not, where would you, where would you have this fully fit, Ravens receiving core top 16? Maybe? No, no, no. I mean, they're, they're probably bottom five. You know, Bateman's the big investment first round pick. But Andrews and ago. Bateman, okay, yeah, maybe top 16. Yeah, I guess, I guess. And you, and you get to the stage, and I know it's panic by, you get to the stage where Sammy Watkins is getting, <laughs> is getting added week 16, then things are messy. They got to go big. Will they go big in the draft? If you get the had nine, because we had um our first mock draft, of course, college days, that is also in the vault. That was Propo and the great Ben Isaacs. So go and check that out. That dropped this week. So you can enjoy that uh, over the festive period. Their mock draft is in there. So some receivers to keep an eye on, obviously. Do you think that's where Baltimore might look? Or looking free agency, beard of both? Do you think that it will be? It's glaringly obvious to us, but do you think it will be a priority for them in the offseason? I think it will. They're a team that builds through the draft historically. They very yeah. rarely go out and make these big plays in free agency, particularly at these positions. So they'll want to go. They've invested in mid-rounds in the last few years. You know, James Prochet and Tylen Wallace, none of them have, have hit. Devin mm. Duvernay, indeed. It took Duvernay a few years to find a role in this team. So I do think they'll go for it, but but I think maybe we're talking second round versus first round, mm. just in terms of the nature of their investment. This this draft is packed with great receiving talent. Mm. Again, a bit like last year. So again, they probably can wait until that mid-second maybe. Let's see where they pick. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that they go in the, at least in the first two rounds. Okay. Uh, let's look back at last week. Hey, a good week, Guru. A good week indeed for the show Kitty, the charity Kitty, because you'll be um, you'll be proud of me. I tell you what, you'll be proud of me. I had a great week because my uh, Drew Locke landed on edge rush and my, my team in the show league, Picked up five pounds or five dollars, I should be precise. Yeah, so it was, I was in the, the dollars in the in the five dollar league. So very happy about that. Yeah, I guess it, it takes. I don't know how long you spend. Let's say it takes an hour maybe to pick your show team. Twenty four seconds. <laughs> Twenty four seconds, and it takes you three seconds to say one of your many catchphrases that raises five pounds charity. So <laughs> sure. maybe you do both at the same time. Maybe that's the way to optimize it. I love it. I don't care. It's all going to a good cause. Happy about that. Uh, as will now a recognizable name on uh, on the winner of our free show league, Andy Davis Sport. Andy Davis Sport, full disclaimer, is part of our team here at the NC Show. He helps out with our social. Shout out, Andy. So, Andy, that money that you've won is coming. Propos on his way around to your house now. That is going straight into the Jared Kitty um, because it's great that you've won and congratulations, but you can't keep it. Uh, so it's going to go to the charity kitty. Uh, I will I will shout it. I will shout it. I will cover your back. And in the paid league, who won that group? 
Rory Dahoney, Dahini. Rory oh, Dahini. yeah, sure. I recognize the name. Yeah. Had Latavius Murray, uh, which was a bold choice. Had Derek Henry and had Zay Jones. You had to have Zay Jones last week to be in contention. Well, prop, you, uh, you did, didn't you, girl? I'm just called you proper. You did. You had Zay Jones in the mix. So fair play. Uh, I'm just trying to see where I made my... Okay, so I came seventh. That's where I just sneaked into the top eight make make money right so i had my homes i had henry as well i had zay jones because i followed your lead essentially i plagiarized your team jamar picked me up a bunch as well so yeah t- t- the my missus gallop was gallop one of yours did i get gallop off you Why did i, I like gallop i like gallop last week as a play didn't have him in the show team yeah. but yeah i did i did have him in my um in my starts this is what really annoyed me you know normally my strategy is spend all my money get to defense uh how much have i got left i would just scrabble around i bet you're out there a lot of you listeners do the same thing come on who i know propo definitely does that uh i this time around i went big on my defense in terms of getting them before and then kind of filling in the flex player and uh which was valdez scatling would actually worked out quite well because he got me 11 uh he had a score i went for the chiefs as my defense oh God, they cost me five grand, I think. And they gave me three points. They're the most expensive defense in the game last week. It's just such a lottery defense. Mm. Like it's it's very hard to pay up unless someone is so dominant. But you, you're right to look at the the matchup against teams with deficient quarterback play. Like you'd yeah. have to expect that's where the additional points are going to come from. Just doesn't always work out. And Houston have been uh, frisky the last couple of weeks. They have been frisky. Lovey. I mean, he's not going to keep the gig. No, and, it and they're going to get sense. the first pick in the draft. You know, yeah. they're the worst team in the league, but they're yeah. they're they're playing up to their opponents. Yeah, I think Lovey's got to take credit for that. And I did that, you know, with the with Cully the year before, and then Lovey this year. What are they doing? What is going on there? What's the plan? No plan. There is no plan. Uh, okay, there is a plan for our fantasy team this week, though. And before we get into our show team, let's look at for all of you out there playing the bigger game, the wider game, fantasy playoffs rolling, lots of key decisions to make. This is where titles are won, lost, Guru. And there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders to help steer our listeners in the right direction. So you've got three players that you want to start or you think listeners should start and three that you feel listeners should sit. Talk us through. Let's start with glass half full. Who do you think is going to have a big weekend? So Propo messaged me last night saying that he was in a, a playoff game in his redraft league. And what did I think about X 17 players? Um, <laughs> Textbook Propo. And I, <laughs> Tell me you fed him in the, sent him in the wrong direction. I, I did what I could. If there's anyone out there that wants advice on their leagues, then by all means get in touch. Uh, oh, the surgery's through. open. It's surgery's always surgery. open. Dr. Well, James look, Andrew. the thing is I, I have to do this anyway for my teams. I have... Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm in so many playoffs that yeah. <laughs> I have a few teams. I have a few teams. teams in the playoffs and I have a variety of players on those teams. So this is these are exercises uh, yeah. I need to do anyway. But yeah, um yeah. let's talk about a few. So okay. again, reminder, start your superstars. Don't think twice about that. So don't worry about a, a cornerback matchup or a defensive mm-hmm. line matchup if you're playing a top 10 RB, a top 10 wide receiver, whatever. This is about the kind of players who might otherwise be on your bench, who mm-hmm. might um, in a good week be in your flex. And that's what we're aiming for this week. So a few, one is Zach Moss, who we spoke about briefly earlier. He mm-hmm. was probably on your waiver wire going into this week. Uh, he had 24 carries against Minnesota. Obviously they led that game for long periods and we're trying to sort of drive the air out of it. But he massively outtouched Dion Jackson. And after Moss moved over from the Bills earlier in the season, we didn't see much of him. But let's assume that's because he was learning the playbook. Mm-hmm. Now he's up to speed and goes up against the Chargers defense that's allowing five and a half yards per carry. They are a run funnel. 
Um, I don't, and obviously we've got Foles in at QB. So I'm not expecting that kind of volume from Moss, but mm-hmm. it's not unrealistic to think he's going to get, you know, 15 to 18 touches and be in and around the goal line. So I like him as a flex play. Um, what do you think about Zach Moss? No. Well, I mean, one for us last week, right? So let's double down. There you go. J.K. Dobbins against Atlanta. We're not expecting huge volume here. He's had 10, 12 touches over the last couple of weeks, but been incredibly efficient. Mm. Obviously, they've just lost another weapon on the outside. Yeah. Um, This is Baltimore has one of the best run blocking units in the league. Atlanta, who's their opponent this weekend, has one of the worst run defense uh, units in the league. Um, Lamar might be back. That might open up a few more lanes for him, particularly as his role is to be the efficient player. He's working his way back to 100%. Bear in mind, he hasn't scored over the last couple of weeks, but he's had 145 yards on just 28 carries. So JK against Atlanta. Mm, and I've done a weather report there in Baltimore. You'd be proud of me for that as well. Uh, not crazy conditions, but cold conditions. So yeah. minus six on Saturday, minus two on Sunday. Oof. Yeah, keep it on the ground. Keep it on the Do ground. Do that work. Final one for the starts is Gabe mm. Davis. Gabe Davis is a highly volatile player. Um, mm-hmm. He's But he's averaging 17.9 yards per catch. He's the big play threat and one of the league's leading big play threats. It's just that we haven't seen that as much this season from the Bills. Um, lots of teams going, you know, deep to deep shell against them, basically, uh, with the safeties back. However, Chicago, mentioned the last week as a, as a defense that was struggling. They played up to the Eagles. I was pretty impressed with their performance yeah. uh, on the back end. But they're getting burnt deep. Um, they've got the lowest PFF pass rush grade. They can't limit their opponents. And Allen's going to have time in the pocket here. When Gabe Davis does hit, he's a league winner going into playoffs. I don't think you play conservative. I think you have to play those, particularly if you've got a, a tough matchup against someone who's higher seeded than you. So Gabe Davis against Chicago is the third of our starts. Ooh, like it, like it. All right. Now, we said you've got three sets, but technically four because you doubled down the Washington backfield of Robinson and Antonio Gibson. So let's start there. Why do you not fancy them? 49 is a first against RBs in fantasy. They are the league's best uh, defensive front at this point. In fact, the whole front seven are graded above average, I think, on just about any platform. You look so the light. Is it more that than you think they're just going to be spelling each other in committee? I think it's a bit of that with them, but it's just very difficult to to run on them. But it's also very difficult to make a big impression on the game by catching from the backfield. This linebacking core, again, is is incredibly impressive. So they just erase running backs generally from the from the game plan. Teams have to throw uh, and throw outside more often than not. Washington's run blocking also isn't great. So in good matchups, like last week, we had Brian Robinson as a start, and I think he was a, a good start last week. Didn't get the score, unfortunately. Um, but this week, it, it doesn't look nearly as as friendly. Okay, you've gone for Dallas Goddard to sit as well. That surprises me. Obviously, no hurts to Gardner Minshew, but I would figure that in a backup quarterback, he's played two games in two years. The tight end is almost always the comfort blanket, so I thought he'd be getting a lot of looks there. Is it because he's coming back from injury, so too much risk on all sides there? Partly that. He's come out from a shoulder injury. I mean, he would be in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. He would be on that roster if he played more games. I think that's, that's pretty clear. Um, but Dallas is second against tight ends, so far this season, they've only allowed one touchdown to a tight end in the entire of 2022. Wow. So okay. that combination, yeah, of Minshew plus what Dallas is able to do against tight ends means I'm I'm wary. Obviously, tight ends are wasteland, so the temptation would be to start him immediately if he's on your roster. It's very unlikely that you've got someone who you'd be starting over him, but I would at least wouldn't put him in my flex. He might be your only tight end option, in which case he's a play, but uh, I'm not high on him this week. Okay, and you're not high on Hollywood Brown either. 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Brown with Hopkins, they've only played three times together, but Hop- but Brown's only got 99 yards in those three games. Hopkins has been the focal point for this offense, rightly so. You know, he's a he's an elite receiver. Now we've got Trace McSorley at QB. He struggled mightily um, in relief last week. There's no Rondale either. And what that does, is it moves Marquise to be this low A dot receiver who they just almost becomes an extension of the run game. But mm. we don't expect them to, you know, I think they're going to play slow with McSorley. They're not going to put too much pressure on him. They've got other weapons in this game, so they can't expect to funnel too much through Marquise. And with Hopkins out there, the ceiling for Marquise really, really declines, particularly because we're not expecting McSorley to throw effectively deep where, you know, Brown in theory would be picking up a lot of his points. Okay, sit him, start him. Love that. We're going to wrap with the show team, but before we do, what does Christmas look like uh, at the Guru's house? So you've got football on, obviously, on presumably 17 different screens, plus a plethora of monitors scattered around with data, some varying ages of printers just spitting out. You know, those those printers from the 80s, maybe even late 70s that kind of print out very slowly, paper and would make sound like just printing out charts and data and graphs just in the whirlwind of the guru. Is that the is that the dichotomy where you've got one room that's just 57 screens, data, assistants running around, handing you bits of paper, you're checking, you're checking stuff, uh, and everywhere else in the central house is a temple. It's the maximalist room in the minimalist palace. Um, <laughs> do you, are you, did you ever play play-by-mail fantasy? Oh, yeah. So I played, I, I never did that with NFL. I did do this with football. I was talking to my old pal, Andy Brassel, actually, who I've been working with again quite recently, and I did... Uh, he's one of the football ramble crew, of course, Brass, and we did a show together uh, where he came to a West Ham game with me. And we were talking about that very game where in it was unbelievable. So listeners, just to paint this picture, the and, I, and you'll you'll tell us all about the NFL one. I'm sure they they work the same way. But you you this was pre-internet. Growing up as a kid, you bought into a mail snail mail league, right? So you send I think t- whatever it was, ten pounds off, and you get sent this is your team, and you're given a transfer budget. Um, that you, and you can use real money to buy players as well. Uh, so this is a European-wide league that I had. And so I could have got Roma. I could have got Atletico Madrid. I could have got West Ham. I got Valor from the Icelandic League. <laughs> so much like FIFA, they have player rankings. Most of mine were in the low to mid-50s. So I was just getting smashed every week. And the only thing I couldn't... I mean, it's a little bit like Houston. There's just far too much to get sorted in one round of uh, of change. So I thought rather than be attritional and try and bring in four or five players that will not really move the needle at all, I spent big on um, Ferrer from Barcelona, I remember. Ferrer from Barcelona, because all the Barcelona... The right back, Albert Ferrer? Albert Ferrer, exactly, mm. who cost me... Um, who was, I think, an 80-something player. And, of course, the Barca guy didn't want him. but uh, And he cost me all my transfer budget. But I remember the way you did transfers was you used to phone up and say... Hi, um, we're in the same league. Um, so there'll be a pa- bit of paper, you know, on the bit of paper you're sent with a list of the other league managers' phone numbers. And you phone up and say, yeah, I'd like to buy Albert Ferrer for 50p. <laughs> Just negotiate by, by the players. So yeah, Valor. This was before, was... before data protection was a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So much like Lovey in Houston, I was one and done with Valor. And uh, never really picked it up. Was, was the NFL on the same? I've never, I've never actually done NFL one. I've only done a a soccer one, oh, okay. but I, I can certainly imagine there's someone out there with a fax machine that they send their teams in on a week to week basis. If you're that person, get in touch. Uh, you know, because I want to hear about old school. Because I had 
what was it called? Status Pro Football. I had the board game. Do you remember Status Pro Football? Did you ever have that? That was, it was this NFL, well, American football. I don't think you had the rights, <laughs> but American football board game, which, which was really good. And my dad brought it back from the States for me as a kid and it's i'm gonna look it up after the show i might see if it's on ebay if i on ebay get, that's get, a really good shout as well like is anyone in a league where jalen hurts has become Jaden hurst because they don't have the license <laughs> to actually yeah, yeah. put his name in i'd love to see that oh guru fan status pro football is it still there still going yeah, it's still going uh how's valor can we check on can we check on how valor worked out I should look at, yeah, I, I do check on them from time to time. They're still going because they're a Reykjavik team, Valor. So I still, they're still, they're still going strong. I don't know about my iteration in the alternate dimension of Valor. I don't know if anyone still owns them or not. It's unlikely. Did Albert Ferrer adapt to life in, uh, <laughs> in Iceland? In Reykjavik. I bet he was thrilled about that. You know what he needed? <laughs> Mike McCartney as his agent. I bet he'd be fine. Um, yeah. The status profile. Oh, it seems to be, seems to be something to do with sports illustrated yeah okay so sports illustrated released the game but didn't have did they have the rights i'm pretty sure they didn't oh this is bringing back memories all right i'm gonna go and yeah maybe they did because that looks like guy. this is the version i had it looks like shuler and marino and eric dickerson so they must have had some rights but i don't think you actually had the real players i can't remember if you do remember status pro football at the nc show get in touch and i'm gonna go and maybe treat myself to a to a copy of it for Grimbo. Right. Sorry. So we were. Yeah, where were we? Who are we? Who what do we are do? We? we were getting into our. Oh, I was going to ask you, well, apart from Christmas, Christmas movies, because we're asking everyone this week. I and Mike and Greg Rosenthal had the same answer, actually. They went for a Christmas story. I obviously, this is favorite Christmas movie. I am 100% all in on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, obviously. What about you? What's the guru's Christmas go to movie? You know, I watch so little festive output. Like I have so little interest in Christmas. So I'll follow for for the show purposes. I'll follow your answer because it is actually a good film. Like I do, I do like. You the said Lampers, it with but... disdain. With yeah, I just, have... I just don't no... really. Nah, don't do really not even, do not even celebrate it. Do you just? It's a normal. It's a normal day, Christmas day. Is that how you? I in my mind, I'm thinking about playoff lineups. Um, outwardly, I can have the capacity to convert that into. Um, pleases and thank yous around that time of year but i'm not spending any of my personal time trying to seek out christmas uh movies from the past it's going to be really difficult with christmas eve games this year i've got to say because yeah. you know there's only obviously so much attention i can give to them um without getting a deep deep shit <laughs> what, <laughs> so you, what you're saying is what you're saying is next week's itinerary on this show is going to be based on about seven minutes of highlight packages is that issue? <laughs> yeah essentially that plus christmas day that's a little bit easier it's by six o'clock parents in-laws smashed um kids kind of <laughs> wiped already it's it's that lull six o'clock's a perfect lull isn't it so i can easily just sneak off with a couple of cold ones and watch at least the first half of Dolphins Packers. Rams Broncos not exactly exciting the world though. That that feels like the coal in the stocking. Yeah, <laughs> why can't they flex? Why can't they flex Rams Broncos? What's the overnight game? Oh, Cardinals Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, you got Tom Brady as your quarterback in the show team. Yeah, we've got to explain to everyone. There's there's only three games on the slate for the DFS uh, yeah. tournament this week. So it's very, very weak. You're going to end up with teams full of players on the same same team. Um, one weather note from those three games, Green Bay at Miami. There's a small chance of rain down in Florida. So yeah, this, Ooh, this team... Is there? 
that worries yeah, me because that's so. that ooh, we recorded this before um edge rush although uh, i don't know which way around we're going to release them but that concerns me because that is on my shortlist for true lock of the week Mm. for the, the over so you think okay. I should keep, uh, is it what is well, it like small or yeah small, small percentage and these percentages tend to change day by day okay. but yeah I mean there's, there's a little chance I mean look bear in mind it's Florida of all the places to worry about weather it's not really there at this point in the year <laughs> so our team right yeah Tom Brady mm-hmm. is our starting QB Brady mm-hmm. he only had 11 touchdowns in his first nine games but he's had 10 in his last five they have found something and, and I think the reason is that when we look at PFF grades this offensive line has improved noticeably over the last month, six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped them to sustain drives and to score in the red zone. Uh, the other thing to consider here is that Arizona, Trace McSorley at QB uh, on one side, but they're also 26th against QBs in scoring as well. They do provide their opponents with points from the position. So Brady at 6,100 on a small slate. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, running backs, James Connor, two weeks in a row. Again, still not sexy, but uh, he's playing 90% of the snaps. Uh, that is the key metric. Whether it's McCoy or McSorley, I think they're going to put the ball in his hands. And Vitavea still might be out this week for for the Bucks. So McConnor at 7,000 and then Mostert Love in this the backfield pick. Love for Miami. That. Yeah, well, again, especially, especially if there's a bit of rain. Bit yeah. of rain. Green Bay, bottom five Rundy. Love it. Yeah, Love 27th it. against Darby's in fantasy. Mm. This is another improving O-line. Again, when you look at their, their numbers, Jeff Wilson's not 100%. Even if he does play, we've seen him be, become the secondary option with Mostert there. And Mostert was, eight, was great last week against the Bills. Mm. Uh, people saying that he should have rushed more. So Mostert 5,900, even though he's not going to catch many passes, still feels like, a, again, a good play considering the slate. Just made me think of something. When, every time I hear Jeff Wilson's name, I, I think of players, because we used to talk about players who sound like jobbing wrestlers from WWE, what was then WWF in the 80s, that were already in the ring, right? So you'd have this kind of big, it's the ultimate warrior, like coming to the ring, big entrance music, crowd going wild, warrior smashing the ropes, already in the ring, Mike White. (laughs) White (laughs) And I think Jeff Wilson might be up there. Or is Jeff Wilson, which NFL player sounds like he should work in accounts? Jeff Wilson's got to be top five, right? Actually, I think we're going to get to one later. Chris Godwin. Oh, Chris Godwin like could be in accounts. Yeah, he can definitely be in accounts. Yeah, <laughs> Tutu Atwell's definitely not in accounts. To, no, I mean, look, the the fact that we're starting Tutu Atwell and DFS just shows where we are in the year. Uh, <laughs> everyone else is injured, basically. So he's our Schultz bump. He's three thousand six hundred. Yeah, I mean, that I might that. be overpriced. But look, he's uh, he's now a full time player in this offense. He had eighty four percent of the snaps last week. Obviously, he was a second round pick going back to last season. McVeigh has talked him up and said they need to get him involved more. He's the guy that can really break out of this group. Um, I mean, we're you know this is an offense that is missing Ben Skoronek. That's where it's got to. He's got some chemistry with Baker. <laughs> he's he's running. He's pass. He's catching passes. Uh, and look, you know they're going to score fourteen points, and someone needs to get a touchdown in there. So. Tutu. Tutu's my, my guy this week. Love that. Ben Skoronek, they're also definitely not in accounts, possibly an IT. <laughs> All right, engineering. That? I had him down engineering. as engineering. Skoronek, engineering. We're going to stop this right now. We should, uh, yeah, let's move on. I love uh, I love Mostert. Godwin in there as well, handcuffed with Brady. Um, oh, interestingly, in staying with the Green Bay Miami game, you've gone with Christian Watson. Yeah, minimum of six targets in each of his last five. So he's been a consistent presence, uh, despite not always having uh breakout games along the way he's uh he's he's always been in the game plan he's got seven touchdowns over that span he is the downfield threat and miami allows allows the six most six let me try that again miami <laughs> has allowed 
the sixth most yards and just the fifth most. Oh, yeah, it's really tough, isn't it? And the fifth. What time is it? They'll be doing this at like three a.m. <laughs> and the fifth most touchdowns against wide receivers. So they're susceptible against wideouts. Watson's the guy in that offense. He's he's really surpassed Alan Lazard even in the red zone at this stage. Godwin, quick note on him. I mean, he's just back, right? You know, I mean, he, he's obviously had the injury. He may not be exactly a hundred percent this season, but Godwin fills this really high volume role. They throw the ball all the time, and Arizona's allowed 24-plus points in seven of the last eight, with the only team that didn't score that many against them was the Rams. Mm. So Godwin's a good good bet to get 10 targets and mm-hmm. a score this week. Okay, well, Tutu's in there uh, as well. You've got uh, you've got Aaron Jones, your flex. So you're really lo- – I mean, again, you, limitations of the number of games we can pick from, but loading up on that one, and again, I guess it stands to reason if you feel there's going to be weather – and but also Jones out the backfield is a danger, so it's a good sensible play. Seven and a half for him. Hmm. Yeah, a couple a couple of notes on him. I mean, he might have this might be his best ever season, Aaron Jones. Mm. I mean, obviously it's, it's lost in the shuffle because the pack haven't been competitive, and you know the the talking points have been myriad beyond what's going on in the backfield. But he might break his yardage records both on the ground and in the air. He's not going to get as many touchdowns as he did a few years back. But he's up against a Miami D that. A bottom five in running back receptions, yards, and touchdowns. That's where you beat them on the ground. It's not necessarily piling down the middle uh, with AJ Dillon, who again came in with in concussion protocol this week. Okay, he's cleared that, but again, they might might look at his workload. So I think Aaron Jones out of the backfield is a significant part of the game plan this week for Green Bay. And okay, um, you're tight. Yeah, I'll jump on. Yeah, so Trey McBride who. It was a second round pick for the Cardinals. Obviously, they had Zach Ertz. Ertz got injured. McBride is now in. Didn't do a lot in his first few starts. But again, you know, year one tight ends rarely do. Mm. But he's had 11 targets in his last two. They're obviously turning this offense over now to, you would imagine, to some degree, younger players. Just try and figure out what they're doing next season. McBride's probably the one that you really want to get a look at because Rondo Moore's on IR. Um, Tampa Bay are 24th against tight ends. So this is a, a risk reward play, but again, it's mm. a really lean slate. I mean, it was really kind of him or Dulcich or Higby mm. that you can have any kind of faith in. Uh, and McBride's the cheapest of those, which allows us to bank on other players that are more consistent in other areas. Yeah, a t- three-two as well, good value. And the Broncos D at three-six that makes a lot of sense given what we uh, have said about that Christmas night game. Denver obviously at on the road in LA, and the Broncos defense for most of the season. Very, very strong unit, despite all the shortcomings on the other side of the ball. And you'd imagine they're going to make some hay against what is at this stage of proceedings, pretty vanilla Rams offense. So I love that pick. 3-2 as well. Seems a good value. 3-6. Three, three, oh, is it 3-6? Okay. That might That's... be my my error. Yeah, I mean, look. No, it's, no, it's might... my... no, no, I can't read 3-6. It is far too early. Yeah, three, <laughs> this might be the number one defense against the number 32 offense. Um, yeah. Denver still has more interceptions and passing touchdowns allowed on the season. <laughs> Amazing. You know they've been they've been under siege throughout the year because they can't hold on to the football. But mm. this 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 unit is still excellent, and the Rams are also just averaging. They've slowed the pace down, right? Under McVay throughout his tenure with good, you know, decent QB play, they've been one of the fastest teams in the league. They create the most plays, seventy odd a game this mm. season. Well, this over the last three, they're down to fifty five. They really are just trying to eke it out um, mm. so that they don't get hammered. There are so many listeners, I'm sure, who are checking this out right now, who are seeing the finishing line in sight, seeing. Christmas, a bit of a break after a long year of heavy sledding. And I hope we've added uh, a little bit of light into uh, into your year. 
that is where I see Sean McVay and the Rams right now as well. Just, just that they're on that. Oh God, I just just want watching against. Christmas movies. Yeah, I mean, like us. your film, your film session this week is um, the Grinch. <laughs> Love actually, <laughs> Mike Carson's favorite. Next time Can we just Carson, wind him up and just say, I really think that the most underrated Christmas film. A genuine thing is is Richard Curtis's love. Actually, I just I just feel it doesn't get the credit it deserves. <laughs> just what that's like throwing a grenade into Shea Carson. I'm I'm with him. I think it's awful. I think it's a terrible anachronistic movie that has some awful themes that people seem to celebrate every year. A conversation for another podcast. Maybe, oh but... yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant stuff, Guru. Uh, I know you said you're down on Christmas, but hey, who cares when you got all this football to enjoy, right? Yeah, it's just a great time of year to watch sports. Indeed it is. Enjoy that. Enjoy. Uh, good luck, I should say, with the show team. We're going to push that out on social as well. So uh, you can see it in its totality. I'm going to put a show team in again and hopefully uh, make a few more quid for our charity box. And uh, that is going out on our social channels at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok as well. Though I'm not sure we'll put our fantasy team out on TikTok. Uh, we're still getting to grips with that. But we're doing, you know, we had a video on TikTok the other day. Me and Mike rabbiting on about something, and it picked up quite a lot of views. I was delighted to see. Well, it's it's, it's TikTok superstar Mike Carlson, so ah, that, that's it's going to be some natural traction. You would think his his uh, his followers, his devout followers. I love the fact Carlson, the cult of Carlson. I want to go back to that video again and see how how that is. It's probably up to about half a million already. Uh, Guru, enjoy yourself. Happy Christmas. We'll check in you on too, the other man. side. Podcast Network.